and welcome to yet another episode of the Collapsing Game Shelf Podcast. This is not Tom, this is Adam. And uh, today, we are a bunch of role-playing enthusiasts with too many board games. Um, I'm here today joined by... Justin. And Debbie. And uh, Tom is predisposed. He has a bit of a personal uh, emergency that he's taking care of so i am going to be uh taking care of the the heavy lifting uh for this episode and today we are going to be talking about a game called role player um this is a 2016 right come on now yes it's a 2016 release um by thunderworks games um so this is my game. I do have a copy of this game, although um, I do have the physical copy of the game. We did play it on Tabletop Simulator. I picked it up as part of a Kickstarter when they released their Fiends and Familiars expansion. Um, this game has always kind of interested me, and I thought I would give it a spin. The back of the box goes as thus... Uh, mighty heroes don't just appear out of thin air. You must create them. Race, class, alignment, skills, traits, and equipment are all elements of the perfect hero who is ready to take on all opposition in the quest for glory and riches. In Role Player, you will compete to create the greatest fantasy adventure that ever lived. Preparing your character to embark on an epic quest, roll and draft dice to build up Characters' attributes, purchase weapons and armor to outfit your hero, train to gain skills and discover your hero's traits to prepare them for their journey, earn reputation stars by constructing the perfect character, the player with the greatest reputation wins the game and will surely triumph over what nefarious plot lies ahead. Um, The general concept of this game is that you are kind of going through the steps of creating a character, which um, it's it's something, this is going to sound super weird and that's fine. It's something that I've always enjoyed doing in Dungeons and Dragons. Um, I do tend to spend a lot of my time DMing now, but I still, even as a DM, I enjoy working with players to create their characters because it's it's so interesting to see, you know, what kind of what kind of characters are you, what kind of character are you going to make? Like, it's like, what are their, what are going to be their strengths? What are their weaknesses? What, you know, there's, there's a lot, there's a lot going on there. And it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's an exciting thing. Um, the game basically plays where there's a, a large bag full of dice, uh, at the start of the game, each player takes out eight dice and rolls them and then begins to assign them on a character sheet that they're all given. You will also, at the start of it, be um, choosing a... So, you first of all, you choose a race. So, dwarf, elf, halfling, gnome, human, blah, 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 blah. Then, on top of that, you're also going to be choosing a class, a background, uh, which could be, uh, you know, like a brawler or a tinkerer or... Who knows the what all? The chosen one. The chosen one. You could be the chosen one, um, and you also get a alignment sheet, like an alignment card that you that goes on top of your character board. Then you again, like we said, we you take those eight dice, you roll them, and you you begin to assign them to your board. 
Um, it is a, you always assign your dice from left to right. And there are the six major categories uh, that are associated with Dungeons and Dragons, strength, strength, dexterity, constitution, intelligence, wisdom, and charisma. Now on the board, you each one, each one of those stats has like a bonus attached to it. When you place a die there during the setup, you don't get that bonus. Well, uh, I will discuss that bonus in just a second. You will then proceed by dealing out a marketplace, which has a bunch of skills and traits and and uh, equipment that your character can get his grubby little mitts on his or her grubby little mitts on. And you will also be um, reaching into the die, taking out, taking out, sorry, reaching into the bag, taking out a number of dice equal to the number of players plus one rolling them and then the first player will assign them to initiative numbers so that they get assigned from the lowest face lowest face value to the highest face value uh if there are two of the same face value then the then the player assigning them will choose which one goes on which initiative tracker um following that starting with the first player you each player picks an initiative tracker takes the die and places it somewhere on their board this is where the bonuses do come into play the strength bonus allows you to flip a die uh onto its opposite face so um d- possibly something that that some of you may or may not know is that dice if you take opposing sides of a die they will always add up to seven so one opposes six two opposes five and three opposes four so you can not know this yeah hey you know lots of people don't it's uh it's interesting but yes a a standard die will always have its opposing sides equal to seven today i learned yeah um so you you proceed Sorry, so the the strength bonus is that you you get to flip a die from its one face to its opposite face. The dexterity bonus is that you get to take two dice and and exchange their positions um, without changing their face value. Your constitution um, bonus is that you can take any die. It does. These all these all do not have to include the die that you are just placing. It can be any die on your sheet. The constitution bonus gives you, uh, allows you to take a die and advance the value by one or lower the value by one. You cannot, you cannot advance a six beyond above six and you cannot reduce a one below one. So if you, if you have a six or a one, um, the six cannot be raised. The one cannot be lowered. You're stuck with those. Um, the intelligence bonus is to take a die off of your board and re-roll it, you then have the option to take the new value or the original value before it was rolled. It is your choice. You just have to track that. The wisdom bonus is to move uh, the cube that is on your alignment card, and you get to move it in one of the four orthogonal directions. That's up, down, left, or right, no diagonals. And then the charisma bonus is it gives you a little token that gives you a discount uh, in the marketplace. So once everyone has taken their their die and their initiative tracker, they then you then go in initiative order from the lowest initiative to the highest initiative. So starting at one and working your way up and each player will then have the ability to buy something from the market. 
what you'll notice is a lot some of these items in the market all of their their costs are in the upper left hand corner there is a gold cost associated to them and some of them also include a marker to move your alignment cube in a certain direction um, these will all be, these are all separated and kept in the upper left-hand corner so as not to get confused with like an activation cost or something like that, which is found in the, the body text of the card. Um, once everyone has gone through the market phase, then you hit the cleanup phase where, uh, any, any dice that are, that weren't drafted because of course you, you do take out a number of dice equal to the players plus one, any extra dice go back in the bag and get shaken back up. Um, any cards that were not purchased from the market go get swept and put into the discard. One more thing of note, if you do not wish to buy something from the, from the market, or maybe you can't afford to buy something from the market, you can always, uh, discard on your turn. You can discard a card from the market to the discard pile to get yourself two coins. Now there are items that break and change every single rule in here. I'm not going to go into every single card. Um, if you're interested in that, definitely pick up a rule book or watch like a how it's played video or something like that. It'll you'll probably get a lot more. Some of them go into a lot more detail than what I'm about to do. Um, one more thing that's that's worth mentioning is there are sets. There are sets of weapons and armor uh that you can pick up um your character of course only has two hands so if you are picking up weapons you and your weapon says is like a quarter staff for example that requires two hands that means that your hands are therefore full and you cannot add more weapons to that uh unless you have a card that says otherwise um the armor sets give you bonuses Equal to, equal to the number of pieces that you have. So each set will be a maximum of four pieces. So for example, the leather set, right? If you have one, one piece of leather, it's worth one point. If you have two pieces, it's worth three points at the end of the game. If you have three pieces, it's worth five points. If you have four pieces, it's worth eight points. Uh, plus you get a bonus point if you are a purple or black class, which is... Uh, it, th that's all represented on your uh, class sheet when you when you select your class card and add it to your race sheet. Um, there again, I know this is probably going to sound super overwhelming. It it does feel a little vexing at the beginning, but once you again, like a lot of games, once you kind of get into it, you realize that a lot of it is just it's like a whole lot of rules, but they all make sense once you kind of get into it um for example the background cards show your your dice grid or your your attribute grid and they have certain colors in certain spaces on your attribute grid at the end of the game if you have the appropriate colored dice in the appropriate colored spaces to match what you're given on your um, on your um, backstory card, then you can get bonus points for that as well. So if you have two to three of the dice in the right position, you get a point. If you have four to five of them, you get three points. If you have all six of them in the proper spots, then you get six bonus points. Lots of stuff going on. At the end of the game, you tabulate all your points, which is 
kind of on your class card you you get you get points for did you meet certain criteria um like for example i'm just happened to be looking at a monk card right now so the monk it says if you if you if the three dice you have in your attributes for strength happen to total 18 or more you get three points for that if your dexterity is 16 or 17 you get two points so on and so forth. There's some like intelligence. If you get if you have a 14 or higher in intelligence, you're going to get one point. Uh, so on and so forth. So you add up your attribute, you add your attribute score, your background score, your alignment score, any sort of bonuses that you have from traits um, and then any bonuses you have from weapons and armor, all that sort of stuff. And you then figure out where you're at like and then you figure out who wins tiebreakers are done through a number of crazy steps with the last one just being like you know if you're tied in a million different ways then you share the victory what you know um you're both winners in our book exactly exactly it's it's fine it's fine 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 yeah and like most exciting adventurers they end with math (laughs) yeah exactly Lots of point tab- tabulations. There's lots of ways to get points, but again, I I think that there like are. just this whole I find it, it's quite diverse enough that it, well, I mean even when we played it was uh, it was interesting where I kind of managed to fulfill everything on my sheet, be it like alignment, background, character card, and Tom just got a whole bunch of the traits and had a super shitty halfling, uh, and we managed to tie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's it, I, it's quite shocking how you can like Adam and I. We compared like our scores compared to yours. I think we were like half of yours. Yeah, I think you were at what like seventeen and, and nineteen, something like that. Yeah, and then me and Tom were both at thirty, and the scorecard went up to like sixty. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I have no idea <laughs> how you would get yeah. that high. I suppose maybe that is like the statistically max possible points you could get. Sure, I suppose. It's there for the uh, the overachievers. <laughs> it is. It's pretty wild. Yeah, like, like there's just, I, I think like when we first got into it, of course, the scripting on Tabletop Simulator was questionable as um, it was scripted with all of, with like the expansions in them. Now, thankfully, yeah. the expansions are kind of modular. So you can add certain aspects of the expansions and remove other aspects of the expansions. So, I mean, we played with like all of the expansion dice, but we didn't necessarily play with the minions or the the weird combat rules and stuff like that, just because this was our first play. And we just really wanted to try and explore as much of the core game as possible before adding even more rules um because there's enough going on there already yeah it was interesting in like i don't know it's i felt when we were playing the game i didn't necessarily feel the uh the theme coming through i guess um i i definitely i definitely missed that in the sense that um you're doing a lot of dice rolling and 
I, your, your goal is to, is to pick up these traits and attributes and so on and so forth, but there's nothing, I don't know. There's nothing that like really drives the theme home for me in this game. Mm. I don't know if there really is per se a way that you would be able to do that. Like, I think that it would be difficult. I don't know. For me, the theme came through because it felt like I was creating a character in Baldur's Gate 1 or 2. Yes. And constantly re-rolling my character to try out different things. Uh, even the character sheet looks almost exactly like your character sheet in Baldur's Gate 2 with the, the character over there. It's got your stat line and then like any perks or feats you have on the side. I thought it was kind of funny that way. Yeah, it's I and I guess that's probably a, a good part of like a good part of this, right, is um, if you can find an association then uh, that might like ring true for you. Um, for me, I've just never played. I've never played a game where I've been rolling dice to create a character. Um, mm-hmm. And so that for me, I just was, I just missed that piece. Right. So um, I just, you know, that, that was lost on me. That is completely fair. Yeah. It's, but I mean, there wasn't, the game, the game was interesting and there was a lot of challenges to it once you actually, kind of understood what you were doing. There's like, there's a bit of Sagrada in there. There's uh, some, like some math challenges, like Yahtzee style almost. Um, you're looking for kind of all sorts of weird possibilities that would get you more points. Um, and I think that with us having never played the game before, some of that uh, was easily missed, I think, right? Like, we didn't realize that that was going to occur until we'd start to see the cards a bit more. Yeah, you you don't have knowledge of everything that's going to come up, so you don't know all the possibilities. Right, and so you don't really know where to, to throw your... Um, like, focus? Yeah, like, you're, yeah. you could easily get away with doing something like uh, like what Tom did, where, you know, he was... He had a lot of really, really low value traits. Well, not traits. What did you call those? The Where the dice? Stats? Yeah. Statistics? Attributes. Attributes? Attributes. Okay. Um, And so I originally, like, I remember looking at that and being like, man, I don't know how you could possibly win the game with, you know, that low because everything you see is, you know, you're getting stars for 14 plus and so uh, mm-hmm. you don't really necessarily see how easy it is to actually get away with something like that because you, you know, you don't see the cards. Uh, and I it probably was lucky for him that he got those cards as well, though. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Um, and I, th- I think that it's, um, I guess, like the point, I guess the point that I'm trying to make is that if you play this game, you almost have to play like a, a run through game that is almost like just a discovery process um because without that discovery process i feel like um you don't learn i felt you don't learn enough throughout the game to be able to play it super well i feel like you kind of need to go into it with some of that information but that's i mean that's a personal opinion no i I think you're right there i I tend to agree with most games that your first game is going to be a bit of a (laughs) crapshoot like never go into your first game of anything uh expecting to do well or win just think of it more as an exploratory kind of experience (laughs) Yeah. Um, but I mean, otherwise it was, it's, it's an interesting game that I, I feel like 
is just different enough for me that it was a lot of fun. Um, and I mean, really, who doesn't have fun rolling a shit ton of dice? Like, realistically? So many dice. <laughs> so many dice. There, there were many, many dice. Uh, so, yeah, I just, it, it's interesting. I don't know necessarily that I got out of it what you guys might have gotten out of it, but um, it was still a lot of fun. And I'm super surprised that Adam got it because Adam does not strike me as a as a dice kind of guy. So yeah, but this is not just like so. What what I really dislike is I really dislike painful, ridiculous, low like when your fate is completely in the hands of randomness. Yeah, like I like it. You know, I I might as well just play Yahtzee at that point. Like, as long as there is a way to manipulate your outcomes so that you can at least try to build a strategy. Now, I'm not saying it's going to work, but I mean, it's it's better than sitting there and, and just flailing your arms and being like, oh, well, if I don't roll exactly this, then I'm just kind of screwed. It's like, well, yeah. that's sucks <laughs> you know that's true i think in, in its heart this game is more of a drafting game with the dice rolls to kind of implement a little randomness between rounds than more of your pure dice rolling game even though there are a lot of dice to roll oh absolutely but, but I, I like that because of the drafting and how it constantly changed to the first player was that got to draft, you could sort of start to see how you could develop a strategy about, you know, when do you go for that high dice that you need? Or do you get the color that you need to match your set right now? Because there's always a risk that that color may never come up again, or someone else might take it. So there's always that there, there's always a choice. It's not not just immediately go for the high number or immediately go for, you know, the first player so you can get your first buy. There, there's always a different strategy round to round if that perfect number comes up. You know, you'll go last because you need that number just to finish off your set. Or, you know, do you do you really like that item? Someone's going to roll a five of red eventually. It, it, I, I'll just take that green one. I don't, I don't care. Yeah. And I mean, like, depending on what what slots you have open on your board i mean you can if you have slots open in your strength and you can place a die in there later then you can flip that two to a five or that one to a six and yeah. you know you can you can absolutely get uh you can, you can absolutely get what you need just with a little bit of setup and i think that that's what i really appreciate is that there is that there's like that next level yeah yeah now I will yeah. say I'm kind of cruising through some of like the forum posts and that sort of stuff um <laughs> with regards to role player just to try and see kind of some of the things that are said and apparently apparently oh by just adding the first um by just adding the first uh expansion which is called Fia Monsters and Minions it's called Monsters and Minions released in 2018 Apparently, um, this this is the expansion that really takes it to the next level. It's because at that point you're actually you know starting to make these characters, but but then progressing them to a point where they are considering going on quests and getting into battles and stuff like that. So it adds another level. I, you know, again, we didn't play with that. I'm I'm not necessarily going to take that into account in 
um, my assertion of it, uh, other than saying that um, the the collective opinion, for at least from what I can see, is that if you get the first expansion, monsters and minions, is that it adds um, it adds kind of that l- some that level that it seems that a lot of people are looking for. Okay. That's good to know because it did seem maybe a little dry. You're a little kind flat. Of stuck in yeah, the, absolutely. You're you're stuck in the. It's it's an interesting game. Like the mechanics all work. Um, it's pretty you know pretty solid. But it it seems like it it's lacking a little something. And I I can see how that could deliver it. So you're you know you you get to do the introductory dungeon and not just the character creation screen. Yeah, yeah. I I mean you know like I again I maybe am one of these weirdos that really appreciates the <laughs> you know building characters and all that kind of jazz oh, uh it seems don't worry I'm, I'm with you there <laughs> I, I i created so many characters in Baldur's gate 2 at the very least that i had almost memorized the little opening video with john Arinicus. sure yeah yeah <laughs> it's like look i think that there's 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 enough of a puzzle here to kind of keep people like especially kind of like the euro gamers entertained with it there is a lot of opportunity like i said to mitigate the dice so it doesn't feel like you are just at the mercy of whatever somebody else happened to roll which just feels so bad yeah i think it's i think it's pretty unique like i mean what board game do you see out there that is about like actually creating a character there's lots of board games out there where you know like okay, you know, we're going to sit down and play Descent or whatever, right? Some sort of some sort of game. And like, it's like, okay, well, here's your character. I'm just going to hand you this board and it has everything on it and it's static and that's it, right? Whereas this yeah. one is like, you're making the character. Like you could, you could make a really awesome character. And I mean, you know what? If you, if you happen to have a really bad set of really bad roles or something, you make a really shit character, Man, you're just like 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 Tom did. Tom Tom's stats apparently you were lean into it. Not that great. Yeah, like lean into it and take a picture of it and post it up somewhere and be like, look at this absolute pile that I made. Like this guy isn't gonna make it out of the first town. Like, you know. Yeah. Strength of three. It was great. Yes, exactly. But I mean a strength a strength of three is fine if you have like one of the quirks or something that's like if all of your dice are showing the same value, get this many bonus stars yeah i i like that it has ways to multiple ways to victory Uh, that's one of my highlights of any board game is if you're not just stuck in a single strategy which i find a lot of euro games kind of do where it's well you you didn't make the most money so you lost whereas you know i i like just that option to just you know have a horrible you know just embrace that shitty randomness but then you know have those options those uh, trait cards in order to like kind of find a different way to victory i really appreciate the i guess the the not necessarily the style of game but the mechanism behind it like that that it's not it's not even the mechanism behind it sorry that's a bad term to use but i like the idea that they've created this game that builds on itself in a very different way. So usually when you um when you get an expansion for a game, it's it it doesn't progress it in a story sense. It usually just adds content, right? And maybe a little change to how you do something or they've added, you know, this extra 
um, uh, like action that you can do or, or something to that extent. But this is so incredibly different in the sense that the expansion is where you you take the next step in the in the story kind of thing. Um, part of me wants to say that that's kind of mean because you know that makes it so that you can't you can't not buy this like the expansion right like you Mm. you pretty much have to get it because otherwise you i don't think you get necessarily from the sounds of it you don't necessarily get the full experience of the game Um, oh i don't know about that you don't think so well if you can't take your character to like to battle then right but i mean but like this this game like i I think the original the original iteration of the game and like role player in its core is like this, this game is about creating a hero, right? Like this, this is, this is seriously a character creation, the board game. And I, I think in that regards, I think it, it does a good job of being that now when they released the next expansion, now it's like character creation, the board game plus like your first couple encounters or something. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, it's true. I think, I, again, like it's, it's, I think it's how I see the game versus, versus how you see the game in a sense. Um, because to me, it, I don't get nearly as much out of the building the character, um, because it doesn't really come to life for me in the same way that it does for you. And so, that's what I think would make the game just kind of that much more enjoyable for me is being able to take it and see what you can do with the character that you created. Mm. Um, Yeah. I think it's just a difference in how we see things, right? Have I got a sales pitch for you? Oh dear. I'm scared. I I was, I was just looking because they have it. Their current Kickstarter right now is role player adventures. So you basically take, and in fact, you can take exactly the character you made playing role player. And then you go and you play a story driven co-op campaign with the character. How freaking cool is that? That's, that's so yeah, dope, that's man. See, that's more, that's definitely more along my lines. Um, well, Kickstarter right now. No, my my husband takes care of the Kickstarter in my house. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he, has a, he has a mild addiction, I think. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I still love um, you. Yeah, I, I can see where, you, where you're coming from, Debbie, because uh, I agree that if if you haven't played like a D&D a Dungeons and Dragons before in tabletop or like a video game version you probably won't quite get the sort of mystique around you know rolling your stats for your character and stuff and kind of bringing in that nostalgia um, that I think that theme taps in Adam and myself um, yeah so I can definitely see that as being a bit of a hard sell on anyone who hasn't had a similar kind of experience Mm -hmm. for just like the base game i mean yeah it's definitely like you need i I do feel that that you need to have a a at least a a a loose interest in like creating a character like even if you are one of those players who or one of those people who you know invests a lot of time into say something like Baldur's Gate is a very good example. Um, but even, I mean, even something all the way down to like something like Skyrim, which I think is a little more of a, so, something a little more modern, I suppose, or a little closer to 2020. Um, it, 
but just like spending spending time and and just any, anybody who's really sat in a character creation screen for a long period of time probably and, longer than we played the board game for <laughs> oh seriously like i mean it's you know like like uh, like any board game right this game is not going to be for everyone but you know this one i i think that um the whole tabletop role-playing game tabletop role-playing like dungeons and dragons pathfinder um the list goes on and on and on um like that world is expanding again and on top of everything you have this this world that's been growing and growing and growing and it kind of like it, it never stops growing it just kind of slows down for a while and i think that you know in in recent in the last 10 years or so five years for sure probably closer to 10 years um like this the the world of tabletop role-playing games is really on a a large growth um trajectory and the same thing with tabletop board gaming right like if if you came up to me 10 years ago and said oh you know what there's going to be board gaming cafes and blah 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 and they're going to be relatively successful this is of course pre-covid because covid has completely shafted everything but you know if if you had come to, and told me that like board game cafes were going to be a thing i would have told you like to get your temperature checked because you're you must be have a fever or something like you know 10 years ago board game cafes were absolutely not something that was going to happen and yet now here we are and they very much are a thing. And tabletop board gaming is becoming, again, it's it's becoming more and more of a household thing. It's becoming something that is that that people don't stigmatize, they don't shy away from, and and stuff like that. And the same thing with like Dungeons and Dragons and stuff like that, right? Like it is it is growing quickly again. And that that and I, I think that people who are trying to like may, maybe they've had a chance to try some Dungeons and Dragons and now maybe they want to play some tabletop board game stuff, but they want to have a you know it's like oh I really want a a, a board game that that kind of mimics that experience at least the character creation experience then this is a it's a decent option yeah it and I for myself so I've gotten the opportunity to. Um, start one D and D campaign, right? Ooh. Um, that is as far as I've gotten into it. Um, when we were, uh, so obviously as Adam knows because he's the DM, but um, when we were creating the character, I I truly had minimal idea of what was going on, um, and so having not kind of really experienced that as much. Um, I can honestly say like you guys talk about it and I'm like, okay, you know, like I'm, I think I'm kind of, I'm getting where you're going with this. Um, I myself have not entirely been able to, to, to get there yet. Right. So that experience is still somewhat foreign to me. Um, and, and hopefully, obviously like it's, it is something that I've, you know, that I'm, I'm learning and I'm, and I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to kind of learn a bit more about to determine if I, you know, if I really like it or not. But, um, I think that the whole character creation thing I've always really struggled with, um, mm. a lot of it because of, and it's a lot of it is because of, of video games that, um, 
Adam, you've, you've kind of, you've introduced me to. Um, and a lot of the time I find that people look for, look for these builds, right? Like they look to see what the ultimate, uh, the best way to build something is. Um, the best numbers. Yeah. And the, and a lot of time, and I, and I don't mean that poorly. So Adam, please don't take it badly, but. Yeah. Often when we played these games, it was um, just do this, like just pick this, make it this. Or when I started playing the game, you had kind of done that for me already. Um, and so I don't have a lot of exposure to that, that part. So I kind of can see, I can see how if you don't, uh, if you haven't experienced that, or you haven't really um, given that a lot of thought that this game might just kind of fall on flat ears in a sense beyond the fact that you are it's a puzzle like that's what i enjoyed about it was that it to me was was a big puzzle um so it's oh it's it's interesting it's interesting to think about how how you can see this in kind of multiple views in multiple different ways i mean i guess yeah would you say that the the theme did it it sounds like it kind of it didn't quite uh you know mesh with your experiences so it it didn't sort of enhance the game uh but would you say that the theme in any way made you more interested in character creation did it, did it ex- succeed in that uh that at all um i th- there are no wrong answers no i know i'm trying to think i i don't i would say i'm neutral to that at the at this point Okay. Because I think that it is because we only we only played it once, right? And so True. There's that loss of understanding when I'm playing a game. Like I'm very like you guys are are thinking and you guys are deep in the tank when we're playing these games for the first <laughs> time. Um and I definitely learn and play the games differently than you guys do. Um mm-hmm. I'm very like by the seat of my pants and just kind of figure it out as, you know, and just fake it till you make it kind of thing, whereas a lot of the time uh, th- that's why you kick our ass in uh, Ink and Gold. Exactly. Yeah, I just you, I find that you guys think so much more about these games than I do, and that's not a bad thing. Like I, I don't mean that um, in a, in a bad oh, way. No. I think that it just comes down to that's I think why sometimes we have such vastly different um, opinions on on what we see and and how we feel about games, and that's because I think I just I take a very just different approach to it than you guys do, um, and so this one I I say that I'm I would I'm very neutral to it because my first playthrough is very seat of the pants like yeah like i said fake it till you make it (laughs) and you guys are i find that you guys are like i said very like in the tank thinking it through trying to figure out what's going on um and stuff like that so it's yeah i i don't i i mean final answer I, i don't really I don't think that it's swayed me one way or the other, really. That's fair. Well, do we have any uh, further sticking points? I don't think so. No, I appreciate, like, the art. The art is nice in the game. Um, I appreciated it. Um, I appreciate, like, the little things, which are, like, um, you're... And this, again, it's stupid, but to some people it's really important. Um, You can flip your board over to play a male or a female. Um, I am wholly convinced that the reason why adam lost is because he played the weird like he played he played the 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 warty frog yeah it was pretty gross uh i'm pretty convinced that that's the reason why adam lost so 
Uh, <laughs> I agree. And I like wow. the randomness. I like that there's, it seems like there's a fair number of, of characters mixed with classes and um, backstories and things like that. Like, because there's kind of so many, so many cards in that aspect, I think that it, uh, that makes, that just makes for a little bit more fun and a little bit more random enjoyability, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. um, I do look forward to the, the monsters uh, and minions. Um, the fiends, I'm a little, yeah. I thought they were super cute. They were, but I'm very, like, trying to wrap my head around how they would work. Uh, yeah, might be too much, hard to say. Yeah, I. so I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see kind of, I'd like to play this again, obviously, so that I can actually put myself in the mindset of what it is that I'm doing, because now I kind of, I have an idea of what's going on. Um, mm-hmm. And then... For me, I would almost immediately want to take that next step to to Monsters and Minions because that, to me, is payoff, right? You build a character, yeah. I want to see how he works. Um, yeah, you, you want to see him perform. Yeah, and so I think that that's... I, f- I think it's interesting because I feel like this might actually be the kind of game that's like a really happy medium for where Adam and I diverge um, in play style and in... Um, kind of what we like. I feel like this might actually just bridge that gap a little bit in in some ways, um, where it's like you know I'll in, I'll enjoy the the character making um, in a, in a bit of a different way, and yeah. you know really drive home the monster part. Whereas Adam will really enjoy the character making and the monster parts. Just kind of yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> so I, I kind of that's what I'm excited about. I'm excited about the fact that this is you know very like bringing two two kind of sides of the coin together. Careful there, Debbie. You might uh, have be having role player adventures showing up in 2021. <laughs> <laughs> I know that laugh. <laughs> <laughs> that that knowing laugh. Yeah. One last thing I just wanted to point out um, before I forget because I wrote it down for a reason <laughs> is that I I really enjoyed how after the first kind of run through of everything everything like all the hieroglyphics on all the cards were very clear about what they meant you had very clear little gems in spots that's where you wanted to put that color of dice you had nice clear hieroglyphics at the end of each of your little stat blocks so you knew strength was you know flip the dice over uh, the wisdom was clearly move something around on your alignment track like everything was very clear and concise. I don't think we ever had to check the rule book uh, beyond a, a couple minor like wording issues, uh, but never the symb- symbology. So I, I liked how they nailed all the symbols, and you didn't have to constantly reference a like a quick reference sheet. I I I like that. I agree. And and to add to that, the one thing that I will say that like really stuck out to me about this game is how incredibly powerful some of your skills can be and how they're they can oh yeah overrun everything that you're doing um i like the fact that there's so the one mechanism that they did to kind of um uh what's the word i'm looking for yeah to balance it in a sense is you can only refresh one skill per turn uh, so you could have, you know, I had two skills and they were both extremely powerful. Had I been able to use both of them every round, um, I feel like that I been probably would have do- broken. done a little better. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I like the fact that they're that they're very impactful. But with that being said, they're also kind of, uh, you know, like they have that little kitty backpack on them that has a string on it mm-hmm. where it's like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Not you, not today. 
<laughs> yeah, it's just, it just, it's not going to let you, yeah, it's, it's not going to let you, like, run away with things and make things. No, and I'm too... sad that you're not laughing at my kitty backpack. Oh, I, I, I'm laughing I, on I, the I inside. I didn't quite get the reference, and then all of a sudden, I, it just showed up in, like, a little picture in my mind, and it was hilarious. Like, yeah, like those kids yeah, that were the no, little yeah, backpacks yeah, that the have leash, a string, yeah. Yeah, the leash on them. You're just like, no, no, get back here. Uh, that's literally that's, what I think of. That's awesome. So, I that that I enjoyed about this. That I thought was a very smart way of making it worth your time to get your skills, but not allow you to just become so incredibly powerful that you you can yeah run all over everybody in the game. Yeah, but here's the real question. Uh oh. If you were to put a number out of five, for example, uh, into that, what would it be? Uh, this one for me is a four. Oh, oh, was a, that awkward pause. Yeah, because it's definitely not, uh, it's definitely, so my five point scale, uh, three is meh, it's kind of middle ground. Four is if you get the opportunity to play it, I think you should, um, and the reason why I say that is because I think that it's very easy to ignore the theme. So I feel like, and this is going to sound horrible, and it's going to come across very similar to the mechs versus minions crap, but I'm going to say it anyway. This is the kind of game that I can see uh, being something that a a couple can play together where one of them is kind of on your guys's wavelength where you're you're making an association between you know like you the th the theme is really drive home for you but you can have a partner that the theme doesn't drive home for and you can still enjoy the game because there's still a decent like a, a good puzzle aspect to this game um and that's that's i think what really kind of makes me uh like an absolute solid four is because I, I do think that this is the kind of game that you can get away with where people are two people might gain slightly different experiences from it, but still both enjoy it. Um I gotta play it again and I think I have to play with Monsters and Minions to be able to like even humor the idea of giving it a higher score. Um but definitely it's it's definitely a four and it's definitely something I think people should try just just for that reason that I, I think that it is kind of a bit of an equalizer kind of game where people can get into it without really having to love the theme. What about you, Justin? Oh, hey, I'm going to try to, you know, honor Tom and, and keep the uh, would I keep this or throw it in the bin uh, rating. And for me, I I enjoyed it far more than I thought I would when uh, initially greeted with it on the table. Uh, I was kind of expecting either something very convoluted or very dry, and I, I it was good. It 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 managed to be neither of those. Uh, it kept things simple. It was right kind of on the point of, you know, it was a nice, fun drafting game uh, at the end of the end of the day. And it kept enough avenues open to victory that you never felt like, you know, you were just, you know, screwed over because the dice just weren't landing your way. There was always a way around having, you know, bad luck, uh, which which I appreciated. And would I keep it? I, I mean, I don't own it. Um, although apparently my brother <laughs> may have kickstarted its successor already. Um, 
uh, it's not probably something that I would go out and buy. I, I like I, I enjoyed it, but for me, it's just not quite enough of a game that I would want it in my c- collection. Um, but I would also never turn down a game of it now that I've actually played it and realized it's not quite the uh, convoluted monster I thought it was going to be. So yeah, I mean, so t- take that with the grain of salt that it is. It, it is a definitely a, a fun game. It felt like it might be lacking a few things, and that's also why I wouldn't rush out to buy it. It felt like it might not last as long uh, as it other games would. So, you know, if you are looking to get it, keep that in mind. The expansions might be necessary for it. And, you know, that's going to take up space and money. So, uh, but otherwise, a uh, really great drafting game. Love the mechanics, love the art, and I loved how well it was designed to make everything clear. Um, that goes a long way in teaching a game and learning it. Uh, Adam? Uh, this is uh, this is my game, <laughs> and I, I am on a, uh, on a 10-point scale. A standard 10-point scale. Um, of course, I I mean, I don't intend on getting rid of this. I think that this, for, for my opinion, um, this game's like a, it's like a 7 out of 10 in the iteration that we did play of it. Um, I think, uh, I, I, I feel that, well, it's very good. I think that there's, it, it does kind of miss a step here and there and i would like i would like to see a little more out of it um but that being said like i said i'm not i'm not getting rid of it by any stretch of the imagination i i think it's i think i think it definitely holds it holds value um i too am interested to play the uh expansion with it to see what you know to see to see if maybe that that like shores up some of the some of the the downfalls like it, like it's hard because i can't even really say it's downfalls like it, it just like it just it just needs a little more like it just needs a little more and this um yeah it, it's like i said i i think it i think it's good i think it i think it has value i think that um it there's a lot to it like that that there's like there's a some hidden stuff in there again, like I, you know, I've said that before, of course, but I do feel that there's there's a little bit of there's a little bit of something in there, and, and we just quite haven't quite got it. Maybe, um, you know, I I don't I don't know. I, I'm willing to to of course give it give it another shot, give it a give it more, and uh, see see where it goes from there. So yeah, seven out of ten, good game. Um, like definitely pick it up, try try it out, but just be prepared that. It might be one of those games that just simply requires the expansion to kind of really set it off. Really shine? Yeah, to like set it off the way that it kind of needs to get set off, I guess, if that if that makes any sense. Sure. It does. Why not? To just like push it over the edge. Push it over the edge. That's, that's probably the best way to explain that. The edge of glory. Um, how, how how can we uh, find us? So if you're, if you guys are looking to get a hold of the podcast, you can get a hold of us via email collapsing game shelf at gmail.com, or you can catch us on Twitter at CGS podcast. Um, if you're looking to get a hold of me personally, you can catch me on all social media at for the win. That's F O R T H E W H Y N. You can also catch me on Twitch, twitch.tv slash for the win. And, um, my schedule is a little helter skelter still at the moment, just due to schooling issues. Um, 
it's it's proving to be interesting doing my last year of post-secondary in an online format um but yeah come, come check us out right now the whole D thing uh twitch.tv slash adventures tabletop is on hiatus uh it will hopefully be coming back in december um i just again i just i need time to focus on school things and it's not fair to uh the viewers nor is it fair to the members of the group to have them hanging so there you go um how about debbie how can people get in contact with you well uh for me you can get me on uh instagram and twitter at mrs win that's at m-r-s-w-h-y-n um and like Adam said, you can get us on Twitter at CGS Podcast. We want to know what you like, what you don't like. We'd like to hear, you know, if there's something you think that we should give it, give a try. Uh, we're still doing the online thing, so um, we kind of have a little bit of a little bit of flexibility with uh, with what we're playing. Uh, we have a little bit of access to to more stuff because of Tabletop Simulator. So uh, if there's something out there that you think that we should uh, give a try, please let us know. Um, other than that. You know, we're always looking for criticism, positive, good, constructive criticism, please. <laughs> uh, otherwise, I probably won't bring it to the table. But if it's good, I will bring it forward. I'll make sure the guys hear about it. Um, and of course, we just want to know that you guys like listening to us. Uh, we, it's, you know, it's always nice to hear that there's somebody out there kind of getting an advantage from what we're doing here. So, uh, yeah. What about you, Justin? I just, you know. If you ever need to yell out into the void, you can find me on Twitter at Don't Trust Justin. Uh, you can tell me all about your favorite dump stats and uh, just how low you like to put your intelligence if you're not playing a wizard. Uh, but yeah, uh, how do we get a hold of Tom? Ooh, he is at Team Rage Tom on Twitter. Fantastic. Yes. And I'm glad one of us remembered. I have the most exciting piece of information that I would like to share. With the table, Please. I you have no idea how excited I am about this. But for anybody that's listening that has listened to our Mysterium episode, you will know that I have a giant penchant for this game. Uh, Mysterium is like godly in my world. Uh, and there's a new one. There's a new one out. It is called Mysterium Park. Uh, it is set, I believe, in the 1950s. Uh in a carnival setting, uh, they've made a couple little changes. So I am looking forward to A, getting it, and B, hopefully being able to get these guys to play it with me. Um, so we can let you guys know and give you guys kind of a, a part two episode on Mysterium so you guys can hear about uh, kind of the, the, new, the new game. Uh, they've changed some things, is my understanding. It's a little faster. Uh, they've made some of the rules a little less convoluted. So I'm excited. And I just had to tell you guys because, I'm, yeah, I'm I'm pretty excited about it. Nice. Awesome. <laughs> oh, boys. I'm excited, too. I'm excited for when we play Dixit. Oh, oh God, it's coming. Dixit. I have it. I have it loaded. It's Excellent. it's ready. Excellent. I just feel like if I actually make us play it, Adam will like turn his mic on and start coughing and be like, eh, "I'm sick. I can't play." That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I need to isolate from the computer. Yes, that's right. Yes, exactly. Adam would never isolate from his computer. Wow. Wow. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks guys for listening. Uh, we hope to uh, see you again next week for another game. 
Bye. Bye.